Hello and welcome everybody to the Big Kids Show. I'm your host Mark and I'm joined by Brian aka Mr. B and Big Nick. Thank you for joining us on this episode. Today we are playing Desert Island. Now the traditional version of Desert Island goes something like this. The situation is dire. Following a shipwreck, everyone has been stranded on the desert island. Each person is allowed to bring one object to the island, ideally something that represents them or something that they enjoy or care about. Each person is asked to describe what that object is that they would bring and why. Well, we're not going the traditional route. We're going to play <laughs> Desert Island big kid style. Yay! For our version today, yeah. we are focused on comedies. So if you're going to be stuck on a desert island, you better make sure you have something to make you laugh. So. With that said, here are our rules. We can each bring one comedy movie, one comedy series, and one stand-up comedy to the island. Now, to be clear, this isn't our favorite comedy for each type. These will be the only comedies that we can watch for the rest of our lives while we're stuck on this island. With that being said, there are different factors that may influence what we pick. So, for example, maybe I have a favorite movie, but I've already watched it so many times that I'm sick of it, right? That wouldn't be a wise choice. Right. So, the key here is, these are the only comedies that we will ever be able to watch again. So, with the formalities out of the way, we're ready to play. Let's get started. Big Nick, Mr. B, how we doing? Doing good over here, Mark. Also doing quite well, buddy. Thank you for asking, good sir. Quite well. You're welcome, sir. You're welcome. All right. So let's get things kicked off here with uh, with our first comedy type. So we will start off with, drum roll, our stand-up comedy choices. So, Big Nick, you have won the draw today. You will start us off. You're on the desert island. You get one stand-up to watch for the rest of your days on this wonderful hopefully paradise driven island that somehow has electricity that can power tv <laughs> flat screen tv too well i want to start off by saying two things real quick here mark first of all i love your optimism that we are never being saved that we will be stuck here forever and so i have chosen very wise under those parameters and second of all i love i love the three categories i love the stand up the tv the movie could not be better. Very top notch. Hats off to you, my friend. But guess what? I don't have a hat to tip to you because I'm on a desert Maybe island a all alone with my with one stand up to watch for the rest of my life. And I went with one. I'm telling you, this is going to be a dark horse. This is going to come out of left Ooh. field for a lot of people. Even close friends of mine in my neck of the woods, I'm a bit of a known to be pretty well I got a good knowledge of stand-up comedy, okay? <laughs> good knowledge. I've watched many stand-ups. I love them. It's one of my favorite things to watch. So often I get friends that know that, and they say, what's your sta your favorite stand-up, or what's your go-to stand-up? Well, the one I'm choosing for tonight is one that I've answered with that those questions many times before, and that is George Lopez, Why You Crying? This Ooh. was from 2004. It was a Showtime special. And as far as I know, it was his first full-length special. This was such a hit that it went on to uh, bigger things for Mr. Lopez, where he had 
several HBO specials afterwards. And of note, we have America's Mexican in 2007, Tall, Dark, and Chicano in 2009, and It's Not Me, It's You in 2012. (laughs) And I actually watched all four of those since we decided on what our category would be for this week. Now, this was a tough, this was very tough for me. This was a tough decision because there are so many greats out there. Dave Chappelle, George Carlin, Chris Rock, Jerry Seinfeld, Mitch Hedberg. I got plenty that I love, but George Lopez, why you crying? The reason why it is my choice is because no matter how I feel, what mood I'm in when I put it on, I I laugh and I laugh and I laugh and I leave the experience a million times better than when I went into it. So that is my choice, boys and girls. George Lopez, why you crying? And good Nick, choice. obviously it's good there. If you watch a stand-up comedy and you laugh every time, that's 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 probably one of the <laughs> one of the top choices, buddy. I'm I'm, I'm glad for that. If well, I haven't are, actually watched. I haven't seen that one, and I, I've heard of George Lopez, and I think I, I think I've caught some of his comedy hours. But now that you mention those, Nick, I, I may have I to think, go back and that, revisit. Yeah, I think that one, Nick, if you're talking right, it's the one that really kicked off his career. And then, I mean, remember there in the early 2000s, he was super popular. Well, he was on yeah, a TV at some point. Show he too, got right? his own show on yeah. like yeah. CBS, and I actually think that I had always thought that Why You Crying was what kicked off his his big time career and got him his primetime TV show. But I actually think he may have had that before this comedy special. Oh, okay. And a lot of people were surprised by a pick like this from, you know, a 40 year old man, because they think of George Lopez and they think of the CBS show, the, the primetime show. And that was yep. more of a family oriented sitcom. Yeah. It had mm-hmm. some comedy in it. I probably only watched one or two episodes of the show itself, but his standups are fantastic. And I know big, I know there, uh, Mr. B you said that with all the sarcasm in the world, that's a pretty good pick. <laughs> if it makes you laugh, uh, way to go. But what I mean by that, there are several of these that I've watched many times and guess what? I'm stuck with this one for the rest of my life. Mark already told me there's no hope, buddy. That's you are it. not being That's saved. It. There's no boat coming. There's no helicopter. You can do all the smoke signals you want. Nobody <laughs> is coming for you. In fact, we had a meeting and decided to leave your ass there. So <laughs> I am stuck lost. with one standup. <laughs> You're stuck this, there <laughs> this standup has consistently every single time made me laugh. The jokes do not get old and his, his physical comedy is is so well done and it goes perfectly he plays off the audience he's he's a brilliant stand-up comedian that's the key though i mean there's things that are funny but there's things that have staying power that are funny exactly and i think that's really what we're kind of experimenting with through this whole thing right it's not just things that are funny that make us laugh but things that continuously even when we know the punchline's coming still is going to make us laugh that's the key things so good choice nick all right so mr b you're up. What do we got right. on the stand-up front? What's on your and, island? Right. And Nick said it right. I mean, we're, we're on this island. We're apparently never getting off. And the one I have to go to, the reason I pick it is the first time I even heard it was actually not even a DVD. It was somebody had burned the actual stand-up onto a CD. So I only actually heard the audio and literally could not stop laughing for the whole hour. So with my uh, Desert Island stand-up comedy pick, I'm going to go with my good buddy and Ohio State native, 
Dave Chappelle killing them softly. Ah, yes. That one was actually, it was, it was his first uh, HBO hour long special uh, released July 26, 2000. Um, It's interesting, Nick, because you read off a couple of the other real popular guys. And Mm -hmm. at the time, and I guess this was 2015, um, Rolling Stone did their top stand-ups at that time, and this one actually landed number six. Mm-hmm. And the people there behind are some pretty heavy hitters with Eddie Murphy, George Carlin, Louis C.K., Chris Rock, and Richard Pryor. So that's not bad company to be keeping. Yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah. And this one, I mean, I kind of mentioned before, uh, I like Dave Chappelle. I, I, anyone probably knows him at, for his uh, The Chappelle Show and all his popularity with that. Chappelle Show. But it's again, it's one that I I've watched, I don't know, 20 times. And even though I know the punchlines, I still laugh. Um, Again, I watched it. I heard it on a DVD the first time. I just could not stop laughing in a car with my brother. So just 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 hilarious to me. That's one of the best comedy hours I've ever seen. Very honestly. I think, you know, and Chappelle's one of those guys that, you know, he it's funny you said you saw it on cd because i feel like when you watch that there's so much it's not extreme physical comedy but it's the mannerisms it's the faces it's oh yeah just a little little nuances yeah Yeah, it's a little nuances of how he he presents himself on stage the the looks with the the pauses that he gives to the crowd exactly Um, well it's funny as of course i was kind of looking into more of his getting to that hour-long special is Early on, he moved to New York, and I guess uh, you guys have heard of the uh, Apollo Theater. Yeah, yeah, and, and they have the like the famed Amateur Night. So he tried the Amateur Night and literally got booed off stage. Wow. Hmm. So I mean, so this is a guy that early on, I mean, he didn't have it. Worked on his craft, built it up to where I mean, even to get an HBO special means that you're a pretty good comic. Um, well, even and, Tom Brady loses a Super Bowl once a every while, once in a while, every once in yeah. a while. Yeah. And then, of course, went on. He's he'd been in a couple movies. Uh, I know, Mark, this is your favorite movie. He was uh, Achu in Men in Tights. Oh, of course. You know, a little throwback there. <laughs> what Mark's, about the Nutty Professor? <laughs> nutty Professor. Yeah, he was uh, Reggie. Uh, yeah. Oh, Reggie. <laughs> oh, I forgot Reggie. he was in that. Yeah. Reggie and then, course, studied it on the streets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, and even Half Baked, he was he starred in that one. So. Yeah. But yeah, he uh, it's funny because he lives, you know, what, two hours from Cincinnati in uh, uh, Yellow Springs, Ohio still. Yeah. And he still lives there, I think, or at least. Has yeah, a, I, has I, believe, I believe so. So um, but that's my choice. It was an easy decision. Um, even some of the other ones are, are still hilarious. But if I have to watch one stand up for, you know, the rest of eternity by myself and Wilson, my uh, little volleyball. You don't have a Wilson. You didn't oh, get to okay. bring that with you. Well, you brought just, nothing. I'm, I'm by myself. You brought nothing. You brought Dave Chappelle to keep you warm. Yep. That's all you got. There you go. Well, I hope your guys' island is close to mine because I'm going to have to swim over and check your guys out because you got some good choices <laughs> so far. <laughs> no, I'm a good 400 miles away from you guys. So. Man. All right. All right. All right. So that leads me to my choice. So uh, for stand-up comedy that I am bringing on to – my wonderful paradise it is my deserted island it's gorgeous here guys by the way i mean there's there's palm trees there's sand the water's nice it's blue i mean i got some other things to keep me occupied but anyway uh the stand-up that that i'm going with is a classic um the comic 
is a classic and and really a heavy hitter um, when you look at you know the the past history of of stand up comedy. Um, and this one's a little older. I'm reaching back a little bit. I, I got to go with Eddie Murphy, Delirious. Ah, mm. and that's one that is constantly being touted as one of the best ones. So yeah, yeah, and 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 I'll say in fairness, I mean I've seen this comedy hour more times than I have fingers and toes. I mean, I, I've seen this comedy. So, so six so times. times. <laughs> yeah, probably about six, maybe seven. I, I know you're missing a couple um, of digits there, buddy. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's to the point where, you know, I've probably got a lot of the, the lines memorized, right? And me and my sister will constantly bust out little lines from the stand-up just for different things right. that happen. Mark, you're on the spot. Go do the whole hour-long thing now. Hey, everybody. No, I'm not even going to try that. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, it's it, there's so many good things from the ice cream truck, uh, from the uncle. For, I mean, there's just there's so many classic lines from that. And, you know, when you when you look at it, so it was filmed in August of 1983. So it, it also was filmed as an HBO special. Oh, Nick was just um, a wee little lad then. A wee lad. Um, so it released as a, an album. So a CD album in October of 83 and had a theatrical release in 1987, which is kind of interesting, right? You know so when you have a, I, yeah, I remember that kind of like, you know, yeah. later on, like it was kind of a weird thing to release a comedy special that many years later as a movie. Yeah. In the theater. I mean, it, you know, you've got a good stand up when it gets released as a movie four years after it initially comes right? out. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's way after. Um, but the CD won the Grammy for Best Comedy Album um, at the, uh, the Grammy Awards. Um, it was a very profane stand up. So <laughs> the, I guess somebody took the time and counted it. So there was the F bomb was dropped 230 times in that 60 minutes. Yeah. 60 minutes. Yeah. I mean, we could, someone so, do the math on that. What's that? It's like an F bomb every like a minute and a quarter or something. Yeah. I mean, well, that, that's a lot of F bombing. That, that's scorched earth right there. Yeah. <laughs> As someone who has seen all three of these for certain, I mean, all three of them, a lot of profanity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't pick clean things, but again, it's got to make you laugh. So, you know. Well, and it's interesting kind of to go back to what you were saying, Nick, about um, uh, now Mr. Uh, Lopez. Is yep. a, lot, a lot of these comics are start off a little blue or raw or whatever, and then their career takes them to do a little bit more family stuff. So, you know, Eddie Murphy did Dr. Doolittle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I mean, so it's one of those things where sometimes, or if kind of way off the wall here is um, Tim Allen. Oh yeah, you know, you know he was like the most blue comic ever, and ended up doing Tool Time or what, what, uh, Home Improvement. Excuse me. Yep. You know, a huge fan and show. Tool Time on Home but, Improvement. But he was a guy that I heard his stand-up comedy was just like. I mean, even other comics would be like, "Whoa, take it easy, buddy." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like Bob Saget. Exactly. You ever hear about him yeah. from Full House? I remember the right. first time I saw because I grew up. You know, my sister watched Full House and. You see Bob Saget, he seems like a nice dad in the, the sitcom world. Then you watch his first stand-up, and you about fall out of the chair when you see how many times. <laughs> and, and his is like over the top. I feel like yeah. he's probably cussing just to shed the label of full house dad. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, there's a different there's a different amount of raunchiness, too, to his his jokes. There are a lot, a lot yeah. of very sexual, perverse 
type jokes where, you know, like George Lopez, one thing that I love about his standups, really, when you, when you put in the the second one, it's like he picks up right where he left off from the first one and it just continues on. But most of his jokes revolve around two things, two central points. And, And one is his family growing up and how it was for him growing up and being raised by his grandmother. And the other is just, you know, Mexican-Americans and people living in, in, in his, what he sees as the difference between Mexicans and Americans and Mexican-Americans and so on. And so, and just, just people in general, you know, different neighborhoods, different States, different parts of the world, different upbringing. But what's so funny about that to me is both of those things really hit home for everybody. You know, everybody's experienced all of that. And, and for something to be funny and to really, get you laughing and get you going. It has to be something that you have some kind of experience with. And that's why I think the three guys that we named today on these three standups, that's what one thing that all three of them are so good at. You could put them in front of 20,000 people and they identify with each one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny, a little quick side note before we move on, Mark is, you know, sometimes you get standup that are, again, using their life. And I mean, before I really knew about Dave Chappelle, he made it sound like he was this kind of street guy, if you mm-hmm. want to call it that. And, you know, digging into them, both of his parents were college professors. So, oh, wow. you know, I mean, his father taught at Anatoc College and his mom taught at, you know, Howard University and University of Maryland. So, you Smart know, family. something that, you know, he's probably, you know, there's an act there a little bit too, that, you know, he probably didn't grow up on the streets, if you want to call it that, if both parents are college professors. But, you know, again, that's part of the uh, showmanship, if you want to call it that. Yeah, and I think for stand-up, I mean, you have to – there's kind of a rise, and it, it usually goes one of each way. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of comedians start off with stand-up, and then their careers kind of escalate to a point where maybe they start to do movies or they start to do shows. I mean, even with Eddie Murphy, he was on Saturday Night Live. Uh, 48 hours with Nick Nolte came out in 1982. So that was the year before delirious came out. And And, and he met, and he met up with my boy, Dave Chappelle in nutty professor, nutty professor. Well, the original Beverly Hills cop came out in 1984, which let's talk about great movie trilogy. Oh yes. Beverly Hills cop is right up there. I'm sure we'll have on that at some point. (laughs) Nice. But, um, And then, you know, you you look at the the acting career of Eddie Murphy after that, and it just explodes. But uh, but no, solid choices, guys, across the board. Agreed. Solid uh, choices, fellas. Nobody I would disagree with there. So, all right. Well, let's move on to our second comedy type. So this is going to be the comedy series. So this could be a TV series. It could be. It's really just any series that's been you know published. We're in the days now where things can be streaming, whatever it might be. So, yeah. um, But. Big Nick, kick it back over to you. What do you have on your island playing for comedy series? This one for me was not as hard as the other two categories. And what I mean by that there, Mark, is that the issue being here is once you arrive on the island with your chosen stand-up, your chosen TV comedy series, your chosen comedy movie, you are married to that damn thing until the day Mm -hmm. you die. We are not being saved. There are no boats coming. There are no helicopters coming. I barely know how to swim. 
<laughs> so this one was easier for me just because of my like lifetime love and appreciation for something that I got in on the ground floor of that. I was there from the beginning. I saw it through to the end and I still imagine and pretend that it's going on today. I'm going with Seinfeld, the show ah. about nothing. The show about nothing. <laughs> Seinfeld premiered in July of 1989, and it ran on NBC on NBC NBC <laughs> until 1998. The island's so really changing you there, Nick. <laughs> that's nine seasons, Mark. 180 episodes there, Mister B. In See, that's important. In 2013, the Writers Guild of America of our America voted it the number two best written TV series of all time. Not Whoa, comedy series. Wow any TV series of all time. It, it came in second place only to the Sopranos. Really? And I did not know that. That's, that's impressive fact there. Thank you. One thing too, that is incredible is one of my favorite characters of all time will forever be George Costanza. I love that man. I pretend that he really exists and that he, he is just a great man. I love everything about him. I love that he lies to his friends. Summer of George. That. Summer George. I mean, just the show is just filled with so many good moments. Now, the final episode had over 76 million viewers, making Damn. it the fourth most watched regular series finale in US TV history. This was behind MASH, Cheers, and The Fugitive. So, Nick, like, and sorry, quick question. What are the numbers like on a normal Super Bowl? Do you have any idea on what that is? Well, it's interesting that you say that because the show Seinfeld became the first TV series to command over $1 million a minute for advertising. This was a mark previously only attained by the Super Bowl. So okay. I don't have those numbers in front of so me. Super but Bowl last year was 99.9 million viewers. So, I mean, even back then, this 76 was million. Is yeah. in 98? Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, because I That's guarantee you the Super Bowls were not 76 million back in 98. Well, and you have to wow. think how many households have TVs, too. So you're talking, you know, oh, almost yeah. a... Just less than a third of the country. I mean, that, that's, oh, I mean, yeah. that's I mean, a lot. I mean, that's even impressive. 98, two TVs might have been a little bit more rare versus now households have three and four TVs. But yeah, that's those are numbers are through. The, I would not have guessed that they were that high. That's amazing. Well, and one thing I love about Jerry Seinfeld himself, just as an artist, uh, whether it be stand-up or the TV series or anything that he does, he has always said, and he's always lived by the motto of, you know what, I am always want to leave the crowd wanting more. I always want to deliver a little less than what you were looking for, which sounds like you're under-delivering, but at the end of the day, it makes you think of it very fondly. You know, he said with Seinfeld, he's like, I could have run that show into the ground. I could have made a fortune. And I could have done three, four, five more seasons, no problem. But people wouldn't remember it the way that they remember it now. And what he wanted, it was not just to put together one of the best comedy shows of all time, but to leave it there on the shelf that way and not have it be dragged down by jumping the shark and having bad seasons. So a couple quick numbers here before we move on while we're, while we're playing the numbers game here. According to Forbes magazine, Jerry Seinfeld's earnings from the show in 1998 came to $267 million. This included syndication earnings, of yeah, course, because they were already syndicating the earlier yeah, seasons. I, I, I remember the syndication yeah. numbers when they came out were like 
ridiculous. I mean, it was something just out of this world. I think they broke records for the syndication numbers. Yeah. He refused NBC's offer of $5 million per episode or over 10 million, I'm sorry, over $100 million total to continue the show into a 10th season. Wow. Yeah. That, that'll buy you some, uh, a couple more Ferraris. Yeah. Yeah. So he was offered big bucks and had the opportunity to keep it going. And I think very wisely let it go. It, it, he, you know, you, you're able to walk away when you're still on top and, and really they had climbed to the top of the mountain and were looking down on everybody else. And they said, yep, we've done it all. Now, some honorable mentions here for me, some ones that I had to consider were uh, Chappelle show, which is, I mean, it's just fantastic. The Chappelle show show. is just fall off your couch. Funny. Um, I also love eastbound and down. I don't know. Great show. Yeah. That's kind of a dark horse. Kenny Powers. Kenny Powers. (laughs) Kenny Powers. Uh, The office and parks and rec were all in consideration, but they were all, I mean, just, Seinfeld just kind of left the rest of those in the dust yeah, for me. Desert so, Island, son. So I'm going to admit something here that you're going to probably hate, Nick. Um, I have not seen all of Seinfeld. Boo and this man. Boo this man. I would say I've probably seen less than half of Seinfeld's episodes. Of the 180 episodes, you're putting your over and under at under 90. It's probably lower than that, to be honest. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, and, I, and it's not one of those things where I dislike the show. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, at the time, there wasn't streaming, right? So you couldn't just hop right. online and watch whatever episode. Yeah, you, you had to stick around and watch it at uh, yeah, you 10 had o'clock to plan at night it out and, you know, all that stuff. So I've got interest to go back and watch them, and I, I probably will at some point. Um, but yeah, I, 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 for some reason, just never caught on. But But the thing is, the episodes I watched were we're funny there. I mean, it's a great show. Well, so Nick, Nick's going to give you some homework. You're going to have to go watch, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to, you know, 400 hours of TV <laughs> in uh, two days. Go. It's okay. The smart people get it. The smart people get it. Mark. Exactly. Nick. Nice. Good talking to you, buddy. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, uh, we're going to cut off the internet access to Nick's Island. <laughs> and, <laughs> On to Mr. B. So, Brian, what do you got for your comedy series, sir? So, I also picked a series, Nick, that has nine seasons, uh, a total of 201 episodes. Um, I'm going with, of course, The Office, which you mentioned as as one of your, um, you know, runners-ups, if you want to call that. And this is one that my wife can attest to. We have watched more times probably than any human should. Yes. <laughs> and and the reason why I easily picked this as my uh, Desert Island is it's one of the things where, so, you know, maybe we're sitting on the couch or I come home from work. We don't really want to watch a movie. We don't really want to get into something new. So I just put on The Office because you don't necessarily have to pay attention to it. You look up every once in a while and you still are laughing. Yeah. You know, you can miss the beginning. You can see a part in the middle it's still funny it's still i mean it still makes me laugh i mean i i watched some uh earlier today yeah you know and i just I, it's, I, go ahead Mark. i think with i think with that show too i mean it, so I, i'm like you brian i mean it's uh I, i've watched 
the all nine seasons more times than I probably would like to admit. All right, so you're uh, smart. Probably makes we- Nick. Yeah, I'm smarter than you think, and it probably makes yeah. Nick feel even better that I instead of watching Seinfeld, I'm rewatching The Office like six different times. But I feel like in that show, you pick up on little things that you didn't see maybe the first time you watched it, even the second, and sometimes even the third, because there's just a lot of little nuances to that show that uh, exactly that I feel like you can you can pick up on for sure. Yeah. So The Office ran from let's see, uh, March 2005 to May 2013. Um, me as a fan, I didn't really like the last couple seasons. I mean, especially without uh, Michael or, mm, yeah. uh, you know, I just, I didn't think it was as good, but still, still funny, still had funny parts. Um, but I do have a couple little fun facts for you guys, if you guys are ready. Lay them on us. So this one, and this one that was completely new to me is, so early on, apparently Steve Carell, who played Michael, Michael Scott. Or, yeah, Michael Scott. Uh, Michael Scarn. He, oh, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He, someone said something, I guess he has really active sweat glands. (laughs) So, so, so on set, they would keep the set at 64 degrees. Because he's sweating constantly. So, so, and, and they even like, I was reading about this. And so, uh, Dwight Rain Wilson mentioned this in an interview. He was like, Yeah, he's like, the problem was he would sweat so much it would ruin a shot because if he lifted his arm up, he would, you know, have, you know, pit sweat. So you can imagine, I mean, 64 <laughs> degrees to most people is pretty cold. And they actually moved on at some point in this, like the second or third season, they actually started putting space heaters around the set to warm everybody up because they had to keep it so cold for them. I mean, to me, I, I mean, he's like, the lead actor, right? It's like yeah. Ozzy with the, uh, the, the brown M&Ms. Yeah. Sometimes I, you got to, uh, <laughs> I mean, and I just thought that was amazing, but, um, and like the list of people that like audition for the different roles is just hilarious. I mean, I couldn't even get into all the different people, but. Obviously, if you've watched the show, you can't really imagine anyone else playing those roles. Right. Yeah. But like, I think uh, Seth Rogen auditioned for Dwight. Mm-hmm. I mean, ugh, yeah. How would that work out? You know? Um, but but like, I, I mean, I like Seth Rogen. So do I. Like I. Seth Rogen but a it, lot. But, but, it, but, but Dwight, it, but, Dwight is Dwight. Right. Not now. You can't do it now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not changing my bobblehead that yeah. I got with Dwight. It, it's but too good. The, the biggest fun fact was, so everybody remember Phyllis? Mm-hmm. Sat across from Stanley, the right, uh, yeah. the motherly type lady. So early in as a younger lady, she was an NFL cheerleader. I actually I have heard that. that. I could see that. Yeah. So and this it goes kind of shows you the the date is she was an NFL cheerleader for the St. Louis Cardinals. Oh wow! Well, that's the only place that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they didn't. They, they didn't. They, <laughs> Well played. They didn't move to Arizona until '87, I think. So, but she was oh, a sh- uh, she was a St. Louis Cardinal, and uh, she I guess she did like burlesque dancing or something. But I yeah. remember. I mean, obviously, if you kind of see her now, you might not necessarily picture that. But she was an NFL cheerleader. So, the only thing she I'm was- afraid of is getting a boner. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the quotes could classic go, line from that the, show. Yeah, the quotes could go for days, but. That for me, easy pick a because there's, there's so many episodes. I mean, I think that was important when I was thinking about Desert Island. Like, I don't want to pick something that, like, actually, Nick, you mess, met, uh, mentioned uh, Eastbound and Down. I think they only did three seasons. 
So short, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're talking about 30, 40 episodes versus 201 episodes is tons. The amount of material matters. I mean, think yeah. about it. You've got an hour, most likely, of stand-up. Your, your movie's probably 90 minutes to two hours, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So the series has got to be the meat on yep. the bone. It's got to last you. It's got to get me right? through the day while I'm uh, cracking coconuts and, you know, fishing and, you know, working on my tan. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, I'll kill the suspense here. So um, me and Brian are going to share a big screen for our series because I also <laughs> picked The Office as my Good my man, show. good man. Absolutely. Our islands um, are getting closer and closer by the minute, buddy. <laughs> See, there you go. There you go. Um, just a great show. I think, I mean, you know, obviously based upon the British series, uh, Ricky Gervais had put together, um, you know, I watched some of the British version and I think I probably was tainted because I'd watched the American version first. I was the same way, Bark. So I didn't find the British version as funny. It's not to say it wasn't funny. Um, but I also talked to like my sister and my brother-in-law and they think I'm crazy. And they're like, the British version's way better. So I, you know, everybody's probably got their own opinions on that when it, when it comes to, uh, to the office. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's so many classic episodes with The Office. You think about Scott's Tots when he offers the scholarship <laughs> for the kids, right? I can, I can give them. you guys computer batteries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, to think of a show idea where you offer kids a scholarship and then they finally graduate, they put together this giant celebration and he shows up, right? He goes and he's like, uh, I can't, I can't give you guys anything, right? Uh, business school when he goes to uh, Ryan, the intern school, and tries to he's throwing candy bars at <laughs> different people. And then right. you earn a hundred grand. <laughs> Satisfied? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then obviously the injury where he steps on the foreman grill and then has grill to walk around on crutches. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's it's just good stuff, but. Um, but I've, I've got a few. I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> so here's some more fun facts I'll throw out, Brian. And you got definitely the, the good ones, man. Those were, were some quality ones. So the computers in the office that they used actually had the internet. And they I were did. real I, I computers. I saw that too. Yes. Yeah. Um, Rain Wilson, Dwight, auditioned for the role of Michael Scott. Oh, I, I might have missed that one. Or maybe I obviously Which I did not know. It. Yeah, I thought that was uh, pretty interesting. John Krasinski, this was this one I had no idea. So Jim, John John Krasinski, who played him, wore a wig in season three. So I, I'm curious that he must have had a role where he had to cut his hair short then or something, right? So he was in a movie called Leatherheads where he had to oh, shave yeah. his head at with the Mr. same time. With George Clooney. Yep, yeah. yep. So that's crazy. I, I'm probably going to have to go back and watch season three now and be extra critical. But yeah, stare um, at his hair like nice, nice wig. <laughs> and then he also, uh, John Krasinski, shot some of the footage for the opening credits. So I thought that was I did know that because you could even tell it's like real. Um, it's like hand cam. Yeah, like kind of chintzy and grainy. And they yep. still used it, which I thought was awesome, you know, because it's something that by the end they had millions of viewers, but they're still using this, you know, basic camera you could buy it, you know, walmart for 200 bucks yeah exactly it's supposed to be a documentary about the show about the situation so that little hand camera you know video footage in that manner the grainy the grit i thought that was brilliant like you know that that 
that, that tells you going into it. It's, it, it really, it's the place setting for what you're about to, for the entree, if you will. And I think it gave it such a different feel too. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it really made that show stand out versus like a Seinfeld that had more of a traditional, um, you know, I think for newer shows that come out after a Seinfeld, it's hard to compete with those classic shows. So to do a kind of a different feel and different look, I thought was pretty good. Um, this one I thought was one of the more intriguing ones that I would not have guessed. Um, so Jim and Pam, they have the proposal scene and spoiler mm-hmm. alert for, uh, Whoa, I didn't know about it. that. It was the most expensive shot on the entire show. So Correct. the scene with the rain and all that, all that was right. fake. None of that was actually real. And I talked to my wife and I'm like, why wouldn't they just go to a place, <laughs> place where it rained and save themselves some money? But yeah, <laughs> I, th- I thought that was really intriguing that that ended up being the most expensive shot in the show. Well, um, and it probably also shows you why these things cost so much money. Like instead of just waiting, it's for them. Somehow they figure it's cheaper to build a set and all this stuff versus just like you said waiting yeah. for weather and i'm guessing yeah. it's tied with actor salaries and uh moving like, everybody and and even uh like, yeah. try to go to a different uh, location like the actors guild stuff i mean they have all kinds of rules and stuff like if you don't you know you can't make me wait for two weeks to work kind of thing so but yeah, yeah i saw true. that same thing i thought that was crazy because to me that looked like the cheapest scene yeah exactly yeah, i mean i mean, I mean if just, you remember standing outside of a gas station yeah, you I know? mean, like all the like even the oh scene, that one, yeah, I, that, that reason, was the that was the most expensive scene, Nick, where they were just at the uh, gas and it's just station. the two of them. Yeah, yeah, and it's just all, the two of them standing outside a gas and station. It, but and they and it's filmed. But you know like what they they've panned out the yeah the camera has panned out so far. That's a lot of fake rain going on there, man. And it's yeah, they, so built, again, they, I, they built that whole set too. It wasn't like they weren't at a gas station. They built a set. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it just kind of blows my mind. It's one of those things. I mean, maybe they were in a crunch to do it, but you know, director well, it, of common sense on the sideline would be like, "Hey guys, why don't we just wait? It's supposed to rain on Thursday, and we can go up." <laughs> well, and it, I, I mean, the only thing I can think is like, I mean, at that point, I think John Krasinski's career already kind of took off some, so maybe yeah, he had be. time crunch stuff where he's like, "I'm in a movie, and who knows?" But or I'm even Jack it. Ryan. I'm Jack Ryan. That was later. He was also he he had a small role in Jarhead too. Just I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. That was yeah. a good movie. Very small role, but all right, all right. So uh, we're through two. Our uh, our islands are festive. They've uh, they've got some laughs. We got some good things. So finally, let's get to our third and final comedy type. So and the I- last one that we have is the comedy movie. So Big Nick, over to your mm-hmm. island. What's playing? Mm-hmm. Well, Nick, I'll, I I'll, just, to, I'll just go ahead and say it for you, Nick. I already know what it is, buddy. I already know. Go ahead. And get, no. I'll give you a guess. No. I'll give you a guess. You have no clue, do you? <laughs> no, I just I try to act really confident. Cats. But... <laughs> well, the, I want to start off by cats. saying that I'm very thankful that my island is not downwind from either of your guys' <laughs> islands. All right. Um, so with this choice, I went with the naked gun from the files yes. of the police squad, nice. 1988. OJ! <laughs> You're the only person in the last 30 years to cheer OJ. My God. You should be put on an island. You should be <laughs> well, sentenced I, I, to an island. Well, I figured I was on Rikers Island when you guys talked about this. <laughs> 
Proceed, so, Nick. My guy, Leslie Nelson, Nielsen, sorry. Nielsen. Who is, he's a, com- he's a comedy film icon. I mean, he's been in so many good comedy movies, but he plays Detective Frank Drebin. Now, the plot, someone is going to assassinate Queen Elizabeth II. And Frank Drebin and the police squad, they got to stop it. And don't forget that they have the gorgeous Priscilla Presley plays the love interest, Jane Spencer. For me, it will always be, I can, I can barely, (laughs) I can barely (laughs) even say it without laughing. The baseball game scene where he decides that the most strategic place to be to, to foil this whole assassination plot is to to become the umpire of the baseball game. And when the first pitch is thrown, he kind of hesitates a little bit and he realizes he has to say something and he says, strike. And the whole crowd goes nuts. <laughs> so he, he, he very quickly realizes that the crowd wants strikes. So he just keeps calling strikes, but, but he gets more showman with oh, every yeah. with his delivery of every strike and he's dancing and and then he also has to make sure that none of the players themselves are going to be the assassin and the, assassinate the, the queen. So the, the he, has to, he has to feel up and pat down every player <laughs> as they're playing the game to make sure that they are not they are not concealing a weapon. And <laughs> spoiler oh, spoiler alert, Nick, who ended up being the assassin? That was Mr. Uh, Mr. Mr. October, Mr. Reggie Jackson. October, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the greatest baseball players of all time, and think I'm so happy that he was in the movie. Um, but yeah, <laughs> the Naked Gun from the Files of the Police Squad, 1988, is the movie I'm taking with me to the desert island. This wow. movie grossed 140 million dollars worldwide, so I am not the wow. only one that really liked it. Some honorable mentions for me would be Super Bad, Old School. The Hangover and Hot Shots. Oh, Hot Shots! Ooh, hot Shots, not yeah, Hot Shots Part Do. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, that's a that's a tremendous choice because that's a solid know, choice. And you know, it's, it's interesting. Like literally, my wife and I watched it maybe a couple. Like I, don't, I would even say three or four months ago, and I forgot how funny that movie was. I mean, yeah. You, like you said, I haven't just, seen that one in a while. I'm gonna have to go yeah. back and, and revisit that guy. The, I've the, seen the, it, but it's been a long the, time. When he plays umpire, just that ten minutes the, alone is worth it. I mean, when he's the baseball, he's, the yeah, baseball he, game is is yeah. just so classic. He's he's calling a strike before the ball even like leaves the pitcher's <laughs> hand. He's like, <laughs> and he's like he's like moonwalking. And he does the splits and the spin. I mean, it's it's perfect. It's perfect. That's fantastic. Well, That's well played. Fantastic. So Nick, Thank now you. now I want to kind of move my island a little bit closer to your island, right? So, but not downwind. Yeah. yeah, he's trying to get upwind from you. Yeah. Up- so, so so Nick's island is uh, is complete at this point. Um, so Brian, let's let's move it on to you. So again, kind of replaying all the stuff we said. It's got to be something that I can watch every day for apparently the rest of my life since I'm on Rikers Island now I'm I'm doing life in prison for liking OJ a little bit. Oh, oh, oh. you better walk that back son. You better walk that back hey, and make it clear. I'm not I'm not cool about murder. I'm saying he was a, he was a really good football player. That's all I'm saying. Oh. And and he had he had a good some good acting in Naked Gun series. So The juice is loose. Yes. All right. So I'm going to go with a movie that 
I, I don't. I think maybe this is the movie I've watched the more more than anything in my entire life. Uh, debuted in December of 1994, Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> Solid. It's not only intelligent and funny, but it really. It brings a solid point to life. No, this this is one that, so even in college, I had the, the VHS tape and me and my roommate in college, I mean, this is what we just put on when nothing else was on. I mean, we, I bet I would easily say I've watched it 200 times. That's not even like an exaggeration. And you still want to take it to the island. So that's the... Yes. I mean, it's still funny to me. It still, you know, has like just parts that I go, <laughs> that was funny. Like, what was that? so i think with uh with that one i mean it's one of those movies where it's it's almost endless humor because i mean there's very little breaks in that movie where there isn't something funny going on whether it's the you see the uh the dog van jumping over the thing right there's no there hasn't even been any words yet right you just see this dog van (laughs) flying over the hill (laughs) well so you know mark it's the shagging wagon you know come on the shagging wagon absolutely um you know, and then the suits at the uh, the formal that they have to go to, right? I mean, it's- can I cut in here because that is one of my favorite scenes where they come into the fundraiser and they're sword fighting with those canes, and then the one guy whacks the other one real hard in the back of the legs. <laughs> well, and so to give you a little uh, more comedy is so my uh, my nephew and his neighbor were like two years old, and they were dressed up as Harry and Lloyd. Wearing those suits, the blue and orange suits. And when I saw them, I mean, I almost peed my pants laughing because the neighbor actually had long blonde hair that came like down to his shoulders and looked exactly like Harry. And, you know, of course, my nephew looked like Lloyd and it was perfect. I mean, great costume. That's classic. That's classic. Are you guys, you guys want a little bit more fun facts? I got fun facts for days on this one. Drop it on me. Nick, are you ready for some fun facts? Because, no, oh, yeah, all right. So, I love facts that are fun. By the yeah. way, so <clears throat> this is one that. Side note: This was 1994, right? So this was the year of Jim Carrey. So in 1994, Jim Carrey, all these four, three movies were released: Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber were all released in the same year. Really. Yes. Man, I don't even remember that. Those are some that's, so, that's heavy hitters. So when they were doing this movie, you know, actually I'll, I'll get into the they did not want Jim Carrey. They were like they had a list of other actors. Um uh, and they initially offered Jim Carrey some, you know, really small fee, but prior to them like kind of getting into all that, Ace Ventura came out and his salary went up exponentially from what they were going to offer him. So Right. Uh, ultimately, I think Jim Carrey took for that movie a seven million dollar fee for that film. Now, to contrast that, just so you know, Mr. Jeff Daniels, who iconically played Lloyd, or wait, Harry, excuse me, getting him wrong. You know what he made for that year? Anyone want to take a stab or for that show? For that show, movie, excuse me, movie. For that movie, I'm jumping in here. I'm going to go with. Eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Good guess. I'm going to go with eight hundred fifty thousand dollars and one dollar. Both oh, close, but you dude. both you you both busted. <laughs> he made right. He made fifty thousand dollars. 
What? What? I swear. And he, no so here's, way. did he get a piece of the action? So here's what happened. So the the um, studio they didn't like him for it because I mean, if you think before, prior to that, he always did like real drama type movies, yeah, right? serious type stuff. So, so what they did was they lowballed his salary, and he even without the advice of his agent said, "Yeah, screw you guys." And did it anyways. Fifty thousand wow. dollars versus think about it, his co-star made seven million dollars. So, and, ju- and just to kind of give you a, an idea on that, let's. The budget of the whole movie was sixteen million dollars. Seven of that was Jim Carrey's, and seven of it went to making that van. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that van was awesome. But wow. so the one scene where I'm sure you guys remember. Uh, Jeff Daniels, when he, you know, goes to pick up the uh, the love interest and has a quick bout of some type of explosive diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know what I'm talking about, Mark? Oh yeah. So I, when I was reading this, I was like, "This can't be real." Apparently, after the screening, Mister and most famous Clint Eastwood approached him and said, "That happened to me." what (laughs) yeah he literally is like he was like i was on a date and i had some bad shellfish i had to run to the bathroom of course did my very scary business and the toilet was broke (laughs) oh clint so mr clint east if it happens to clint eastwood it could happen to any of us that's dirty bro that is dirty dirty harry (laughs) oh but you got you got some more Couple more, real quick. So hey, here are some of the pe- here are some people that were thought of for the role. So early on for Lloyd, Steve Martin right. turned it down. Martin Short turned it down. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Cage, nah. Shot. And then Gary Oldman for Gary- Lloyd Christmas. A- yes, and then Gary Oldman was considered for uh, Lloyd too. Nah, nah. No. I mean Steve Martin and. Uh- Steve Martin, Martin Short, could it. yeah, that could you know Martin now Short, you're getting yeah. back into like a Three Amigos type scenario with those guys, yeah. but um, well, and I think at the time uh, it would have been the same though. It was '94. Uh, it was probably like, all right, this movie's no one's going to watch this unless we put some big names to it. And I mean, at the time when they, were, I think, were even in the process of doing it, uh, Jim Carrey was just finishing Ace Ventura. So once yeah. that thing took off, they're like, oh, well, then we got our guy. And actually, I, I just actually saw it in my notes. His initial salary offer was $350,000. And then Ace Ventura went through the roof and he bumped it up to $7 million just based off the success of that. So good thing they released that one first. Yeah. So I think Jim Carrey had a pretty good uh, 1994 based off a of salary. So not too shabby. Dumb and Dumber. Off- that's, that's my movie. I'm going to be watching that for apparently. 35 to 45 years. So that is, <laughs> if you're lucky. So that is definitely in my honorable mentions. That's that's a classic movie. Um, this one was tough. This was a tough. Actually, one more thing on Dumb and Dumber. The one thing that I noticed, so I grew up a huge hockey fan. Still am a hockey fan. And oh. Here's the bonus question. Which of you fellas can tell me who was Seabass? Nick, go ahead, buddy. Right, you remember it. the scene? They're in the restaurant. I remember the scene. He's throwing, he hot, quick, he, throw, some, quick, throw some salt over your right shoulder. <laughs> There's the salt. Hits the big burly guy in the corner. Kick his, kick his ass, T-Bass. Then they go up to pay. And he says, 
you sure he's paying for this? That guy over there in the corner, Seabass. <laughs> so you started this off by saying I'm a big hockey fan. That's what that, you get a hint. Yeah, that's a hint. And, and I know it's, it's, it's I'm a hockey let, player. Yes, Brian, I think knows this. So we'll we'll let you have your shout. Well, out, I Nick. well I go with uh, I'm. This is a guess here. Um, oh. See, I can't picture the dude. I can't picture I can give the you dude a team. I got, even I, if okay. that would help you. Give him a team. I got I got two guesses that I that I went to. But go ahead. So Nick, think Boston, 19- Boston Bruins, and think nineteen ninety four. Would that be Mario Lemieux? <laughs> Close. Good guess. Good guess. Was Not he a Boston, even a Boston Bruin? Oh, he wasn't. No. Okay. Same colors though. It was a penguin. Pittsburgh Penguin. There we go. That's Mr. What I'm still Mr. the yellow and black. Mr. Cam oh. Neely. Hmm. Oh. See, I don't know Cam Neely, because if you remember, NHL 94 came out, which is one of the classic hockey games, and Cam Neely was a bruiser in that game. Oh, yeah, and he's knocked people on their butts. Yeah, so that I always thought that was the coolest thing as a kid, because I was a Cam Neely fan, and then I'm like watching that movie, and I'm like, did they seriously put Cam Neely? Because at that point, <laughs> hockey guys weren't big stars, right? I mean, outside of your Gretzky and Lemieux, no, I don't know. No. I just thought that was no. that was a nice touch. Yes, so. and all Mark, right, th- thank you for bringing that up. That that just made my day, buddy. Hey, no problem, man. That's what I'm here for. All right, so uh, Brian, your island is complete. I will push both of your guys' islands off to the side and definitely downwind from mine. Quick note, uh, do, do I have a canoe or kayak with me? Only if you built it. But you're going <laughs> to well, be spending so much time watching The Office for the 19th time, I don't think you're going to have time to build that <laughs> canoe, man. <laughs> you might even forget to eat because you're watching uh, Dumb and Dumber and Lloyd Christmas. Right. I like that he pointed out that he would be watching these all day long. I'm like, you're not going <laughs> to hunt for food or no. anything else. Well, yeah. see, my island has like a, a Chick-fil-A and like a couple other restaurants. So <laughs> you, you guys pick Nobody works at them because there's nobody there. And, but, and remember, uh, remember, I am at, uh, I'm at Riker's Island, so I get three hot meals and a cot. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah look at you. All right, all right. Well, here we go. Drum roll. I will give you guys my comedy movie choice. Uh, this one, I, this was this was tough. This is like such a difficult decision because I feel like lately there hasn't been. I just had this conversation with my wife. I don't think there's been a lot of movies lately that have really made me laugh. Right, nonstop laugh. Um, but. You know, you go back just a little ways and there's there's definitely a lot out there. There's a lot of lot to choose from. So my choice for comedy movie is 40 year old virgin. Yes. Oh, good point. Good hey, pick. Yeah. Bring it back to Steve Carell. Steve Carell had to bring it back. And uh it, it just kind of worked out that way. I mean, you know, obviously, so 40 year old virgin um, you know, was a movie about a guy, Andy Stitzer. Uh, 40-year-old virgin, lived alone, had an apartment with his collection of action figures and video games, and he works with some guys at a, it's like a fake Best Buy kind of store, <laughs> and he goes and plays poker with, you know, some of the guys, and the conversation like turns- Michael McDonald. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> the conversation turns into their sexual exploits, and then they learn that Andy's still a virgin. So the whole plot of the movie is these guys trying to help Andy basically get laid. Right. I mean, to put it, to put it, that's, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you had Steve Carell, you had Seth Rogen, Paul Rudd and Romani Malco Jr. Um, 
I don't think they could have picked the cast any better. Um, such a wide variety of different comedy styles of those guys that kind of all came together. Um, so that film was a summer hit when it came out. Um, it opened up number one at the box office. So did it, did it really? I did not. Know yeah. That. So yeah, it grossed I'll... over 21 million on opening weekend and then stayed as the number one for the next weekend. See, and that was one so, that I, I always thought was more of a, uh, like cult cult falling after the fact, you know, I didn't know it. Did you so would well. think it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was 2005. I forgot to mention that, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those you wouldn't guess. So it's funny that Nick mentioned the earnings on his, I obviously picked a better one because mine grossed more. Don't talk to me about inflation in your face. 100, Nick. 177 wow. million worldwide. That is way more than I thought that movie would have gotten. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's a great one. It's well, so it was directed hey, by hey, Judd hey, Apatow. Whoa, 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 whoa! For going money, just so you know, Dumb and Dumber ended up grossing two hundred forty-seven million. So your island's sinking, Brian. I know it is. So I tell you. So anyway, like I was saying, directed by Judd Apatow, his directorial debut, and I don't know if anybody's familiar with Judd Apatow. He's got a hilarious stand-up himself on mm-hmm. uh, Netflix. Yeah which was total sleeper. I, I kind of watched it like, well, I don't know. There's a lot of horrible standups on Netflix, to be honest. Sorry, Netflix. But yeah, um, Mark, you, you've showed me a couple actually. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and usually with standup, you can tell pretty quick, but his was hilarious. So, I mean, listen to this, this run of movies that this guy put out. Oh yeah. So 40 year old virgin knocked up. This is 40. Uh, he produced on Anchorman, Talladega Nights, Super Bad, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Step Brothers, Bridesmaids, Anchorman 2. I mean, that's like an all star cast of movies. Well, and especially it was real, that, uh, you know, two, late 2000s comedy shift, that was kind of the group that he was involved with, with Seth Rogen and uh, what's, what's the one dude? God, I'm blanking on his name. Paul Jason Siegel, Paul Rudd, those guys, Will yeah, Ferrell. They were kind of yeah. all in that same kind of group. And yeah, those movies were really good and, and funny. I mean, they were funny. Like any, all those movies you just mentioned, Mark, I laughed at. So they were they Steve Carell. Yeah, you yeah. had like a just a they would mix those that same group of about 12 dudes up in each movie, exactly. which is great. And it, for me, it made it feel like, hey, if you really liked Anchorman, well, you got to see 40 year old virgin because they're two of the four exactly. are in. Are, are part of the major four in 40 yeah. year old virgin and so on and so yeah. forth with the different movies. And, and I do have to say one thing before we move on, Mark, I hope you got a big trunk because I'm going to put my bike in it. Nice. Right? Nice. So <laughs> well I, that's played, actually though. a perfect kickoff for the fun facts. So when we talk about fun facts, this movie, and there's, there's definitely <laughs> quite a few of them. So right, Leslie Mann, <laughs> Leslie Mann is the one who played that girl in the club that he meets, right? Yes. That, that drops that iconic line. Right. It was her idea to throw up on Andy's face in the car ride. Remember when they leave yes, with her? Man. She's and he's like, oh, did you have drunk? A, did you have selfish sandwich? Mm, I thought so. <laughs> so initially initially they were actually going to have them get pulled over by the police and have her have a concealed gun underneath the seat but she said she thought it'd be a funnier idea to throw up on his face and i couldn't agree more well and, and mark a little side note on your side note is do you know who she's married to i think it's actually judd apatow isn't it? exactly yeah, yeah yeah i thought so yep. yeah yeah 
Yeah, because she's in quite a few of the movies too. This is forty, which is very underrated, hilarious no, movie. That, as you're well. right. I laughed a lot at that one. So yeah, yeah. Um, the waxing scene that was in there. I'm sure everybody <laughs> that knows this movie knows the waxing scene. That was real, right? So yeah, like, that's probably like, not as less of a known fact. But um, but they had five different cameras set up. Obviously, they were only going to shoot that one time. Well, and if, if you see benefit. like a few of them, they obviously like overdub it. But a couple of times, you see the other two actors in the room, and you can see their legit responses as he's getting waxed. Yes. They're, they're like, "Holy yes. crap, that looks painful!" And like they're laughing, and yeah, <laughs> it's very Saturday Night Live, like uh, impromptu. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, so the production. So here's another one. The production on the film was actually halted by Universal Pictures after the first week. All right, here's why. So it was due to concerns that the physical appearance of Steve Carell's character resembled that of a serial killer. And they thought the <laughs> early footage wasn't funny. I, I mean, I don't know how those two things go together, but I think it's hilarious that they thought he was a serial killer. So here's what <laughs> happens when uh, corporate jackasses get involved in movie making. Exactly. I'm sure that's Because they're probably like, oh, well, he lives at home and plays video games. He must be a serial killer. Yeah, that, exactly. that actually makes me think of I was watching Reno 911 a couple nights ago, <laughs> nice. and they had this episode where this guy that they know he looks exactly like the composite sketch drawing for the serial killer that they're looking for. And so Lieutenant Dangle, he's driving, and you know, they're interviewing him while while he's driving, and he says, uh, we think so and so is is our serial killer, you know, because he looks just like the sketch. He said, but the other thing you have to consider is sometimes you just have these little white people that happen to look like serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> but that, you know, Mark, the fact that that even got released is weird. Like, who says that out loud? They were like, oh, we have to cancel this because you look like a serial killer. Exactly. That's exactly. Ridiculous. I mean, that's one of those those weird things. That, and and I, I feel like things come out like this. I mean, there's just I mean, if anything, Big that, Nick looks like a serial killer by far. So, I mean, I mean, we should probably stop. Was, sometimes right these little white people just look like serial killers. Yeah. Well, here's another <laughs> funny one. So, Carell was 43 when the movie came out. And he was a father of two at the time. And he said that his four-year-old daughter was a little freaked out at seeing his her dad on billboards promoting 40-year-old virgin. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, I'm it, like, yeah, I can definitely see that. Especially think, remember, the, like the opening scene, he's walking around with like a super hardcore morning wood. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about so, that. So, I'm sure if How she watched it. Yeah. And, and you know what? I didn't know he was 43. I thought he was still in his 30s at the time. So, wow. He yeah. he, he looked really good for 43 then. Damn. Well, he actually lost he a, a bunch of weight. He was only playing a 40-year-old. It's not like... Well, but I'm saying, <laughs> I mean, in movies, like normally high school kids are played by 22-year-olds. So, I mean, normally... Michael it's... J. Fox was like 39 and still playing 18-year-olds. All right? Okay. Hey, why, it's because he still looks like it. Well... Yeah. Why, why are you so mad, man? Calm down. <laughs> Well, I'll give you guys a couple more, and then we'll we'll wrap this up. So hit me, the hit me. the I'm movie up. was actually based on one of Steve Carell's Second City sketches. So he was a oh. part of a comedy. group. Oh yeah, Second City had a bunch of famous people. Yeah, so he actually used this as one of his uh, sketches, and he worked through a bunch of the different ideas to where they got it down to this. Um, but yeah, he uh, he definitely you know based it off of that, which I thought was pretty interesting. And then I'll I'll leave it with this. This will be my final fun fact, and this is the one that I 
I had to look this up at a few different places. I couldn't believe this was actually real. Do you guys remember Haziz from yes. the Smart Tech Store? Oh, yeah. Why don't you so, call him goat? <laughs> he was he was played by Shelly Malil. All right, that was the the actor's real name. Shelly. He was found guilty of stabbing his ex girlfriend in 2010 and is now serving life in prison. So he's also at Rikers Island with me. Yep. <laughs> he's at Rikers Island. About, with what do you, you think about that, Mister OJ fan? Well, if you that- see somebody swimming up to your island, it's Shelly. He's coming. Yeah, I don't feel very good about it. I don't think you should stab people. I hope I, you like I'm, the office and Dave Chappelle. Hey, just so you know, Big Nick, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of murder. You you shouted out OJ. Well, because he was in the movie, and yeah, that did come out. Yeah, bad, so. OJ That's has friends that got. don't even shout that out. Yeah, okay. Sorry, everybody, that didn't come out as as planned. I was really, think, right, I, was, right. I was really thinking about the delicious juice that you have in the morning. Well, we've kind of come off the rails here a bit. Uh, we any have, honorable we mentions here? Boy? Yeah, actually, bef- before we get to honorable mentions, Nick, I just kind of quickly run through everybody's list again. So, yes, Nick, you had George Lopez for your stand-up, Why You Crying? Why You Crying? Right? Yep, yep. Seinfeld for your series, and mm-hmm. Naked Gun for your movie. So, it's a, it's a pretty good island. Pretty good island you got going on there. Yeah. Brian, you got Dave Chappelle f- killing them softly for your stand-up. The Office for your series and Dumb and Dumber for your movie. What, what, what? As much as I hate to give you credit, quality lineup. Boom. And then I've got Eddie Murphy delirious for my nice. stand up. Mm-hmm. Also, The Office with Brian. We're putting that on the big screen in the sky to share together between our islands. We- and then the 40 year old virgin for my movie. Woo. So that is that is the full wrap up of everybody's choices. Let's definitely get into honorable mentions. I know, Nick, you mentioned a few of yours. Um, I'll, I'll drop the ones that I've got, um, for, uh, let's start with, uh, let's start with stand up. Um, I think killing them softly was number one on my list, Brian. I mean, it, yeah. that, that has to be right up there. And I think it's a, it's a tough, tough tie between a few of the different Chris rock comedy hours. Cause those are freaking hilarious. So I love if, the Chris rock stand up. If I have to go, uh, kind of backup would be george carlin is just hilarious and if you guys he actually is not as well known uh, nick you might have mentioned mitch hedberg i did mention him yes he his stand-up is like ridiculously hilarious he's like the quick one-liners like you know just rips them off one at a time and just i mean he's hilarious i mean unfortunately I i think he passed away maybe 10 years ago but hilarious. he had some substance abuse issues yeah. and i tell you what but he was brilliant and he was kind of one of those comedians comedians you know yes. like the comedians loved mitch hedberg as yeah. well if, yep. you, if if anybody out there wants to check him out i recommend he has a bit about beds which sounds so dumb it is hilarious he's he's so brilliantly smart and he also has one of my favorite jokes of all time and i'll ask this of you guys maybe you can answer it and it's um, what do you call a broken escalator? Stairs. There you go. <laughs> I've seen it too. <laughs> no, it's it, it, nice. Nick. It's it's, it's completely worth job. watching. Yeah, it's 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 one. And again, it's it'd be one that if I had to pick, if I could take two, I that would probably have been my second one. Would be Mitch Hedberg. Very nice. Very um, nice. Well, go ahead, you got Mark. one more. No, go ahead, Mark. 
All right, so let's move on to the series for honorable mention. Um, I got to throw the Chappelle show out there. Um, it was tough to leave that one off, honestly. I think oh, if yeah. there was what? more seasons, if there was more seasons for <laughs> yeah. Chappelle's show, okay. absolutely that would be in my choice. I've got The Simpsons, which is a classic, and you would not run out of material with The Simpsons. No. Um, yeah, Family they Guy. Got, they got 500 episodes now. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you'd have to get streaming somehow on your island, you know, but to be able to keep up with the ones. I think they're still coming out with The Simpsons. Yeah, oh, no, they, they definitely are, yeah. Um, I've got The Family Guy, which is a classic for Seth MacFarlane one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, let's see if you guys remember this one, In Living Color. In living color, let's circle it back. So, early on, when the Farrelly brothers were pitching uh, this to uh, uh, the movie, um, Dumb and Dumber, Dumb and Dumber, Jim Carrey was just referred to as the white guy from In Living <laughs> right. Color. Right, yeah, right. That, that's how he was referred to. I mean, they didn't know who he was. Yeah, the, and, <laughs> and so early on, he's like, well, "Fire Marshal Bill." Yeah, <laughs> let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. No, that was so. And here, my, my so dad. So many good comedians we, on that. We one. used to watch that with my dad, and he was like, "I'm probably a bad father to let you guys watch this when you're seven years old." But the Wayans brothers, and oh, there's just the Wayans family because there, there was a daughter on there too. I mean, that that show was, was classic. In living um, color. Absolutely. But see, it's short. There again, with some of these, you have to factor in when you're talking TV series, you really want to go for longevity. And that may be where, you know, why you pick something that might not be your absolute favorite to bring with you. And that's something the listeners got to understand. This doesn't necessarily mean it's our absolute favorite. It's the one we're choosing to be stuck with. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And so, I mean, in Living Color, there's a whole bunch of them. Like you said, with Eastbound and Down, it's just kind of short. But you get something like Seinfeld. You get something that's substantial, like The Office. You know, I even considered Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah. It's been on yeah. for, you and know, te- what, and, yeah, technically that's a series. 45 years. Yeah, so it would qualify. Yep. Yeah. Well played. Well, well so- I, you know, and I'll say this, you know, I'll be curious to uh, to see what our listeners think. So definitely, you know, let us know, you guys, if you guys have some that didn't make our list. Um, let us know. Is there any other series you guys want to mention before we move on to the honorable mentions for movies? No, I think, All right. we, I think we so, have so for movies, um, I had office space, which is a classic. Oh yeah. Um, damn, it feels that good TPS to be a report. Gangster. Uh, dumb and dumber was definitely on mine and Friday. Mm. Debo. Yeah. Had to make the honorable mention list. <laughs> I like when we do the honorable mentions, and I know that I already mentioned mine, but yeah, I like doing the honorable mentions because it 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 points out ones that I forgot along the way. Because when you're doing this yeah. exercise and you're trying to come up with this, yeah, anybody can go crazy with the Google, but you really want to feel like you're being true to yourself and, and really just pull it from your own Google machine that rests between your yeah. two ears there. And Brain. so I like I like hearing your uh, honorable mentions because there was a couple that I kind of, that I forgot about. Office Space being one of those. Now, mm-hmm. uh, two that I didn't mention in my honorable mentions, which I think are just great. You have a lot of honorable mentions, just so you know, buddy. Sausage Party. I love the Sausage Party. <laughs> That's a funny movie. And this is the end. Both of those are classic, dude. You love Seth Rogen, don't you? I do very much. Yeah. yeah. So my 
only one honorable mention because I'm not a I'm not all over the place like uh, Mr. Big Nick here is. Oh, you guys ready for it? Drop it. Spaceballs. Ooh, good pick. Very good. I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. <laughs> Spaceballs. <laughs> you know what? None of us are all over the place because we're stuck on an island, genius. I know. But you're you well, somehow. Unless we get some Olympic swimmers, you guys, yeah. that I don't know about. <laughs> well, I'm on Rikers Island, apparently, so I got Spaceballs. Yeah. Good luck breaking out of there. I guess I'll share my office with you, but that's about it. All right, guys. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. This has been an awesome show. Awesome show. Appreciate it. Like I said, if you guys have any that didn't um, didn't make our list, that did make yours, let us know. Until next time, the Big Kids Show. Have a good one. Bye for now. Don't forget to uh, hit stop there, buddy. I was waiting to see if Brian would say something (laughs) dumb. Oh, no. (laughs)